just push record there. Last week we just did a, a once-off, you know, a new you for the 2023 season. And we looked at how you can take this new you forward. Because the world has got two options, right? How do you do life? There's only two options according to the world. Option one, you can live a life of rebellion. You can live a life where you know what to do is right, but you instead do what's wrong. And your life is just brokenness and misery and more pain and just more rebellion. Okay? Or you could choose the religious route. Okay? You like laws. You like rules. You like conformity. You might be logical. You might be rational. And that might seem to be a good idea, but that will lead you to a path of self-righteousness. And in fact, your life will just be about judging others and devouring others and setting yourself up better than everyone else. That's just as much pain. It's just as toxic. Both those options. But there is a third option, we said. And the third option is to take Christ. Take Christ. There's a third way to live in 2023 and to abide in that love and His light. And by focusing on that deep desire which Christ puts in you when you take the gospel, take that desire, the deeper desire. There are other desires we saw last week. Plenty of temptations, plenty of passions, plenty of other pursuits. Okay, but there's a much deeper desire that God has put in you, and that's a passion for Him. And if you will lock into that passion for Him, you will find rising up as an effect more love, gentleness, patience, goodness, self-control, and humility. You will find the fruits of the Spirit coming up through your life. And what kind of human being, occupied by the love of God, in the love of God, dispensing the love of God, is that? What kind of life would that produce? That's the third way. Amen? Amen. That's the third way. Locking into that deep desire. Now, I want to talk and sort of go back a bit. Because where did that deep desire come from? How is that deposited into me? Where did that come from? Do I even have it? Is the question we'll be answering today. Okay? Because that's not given. You don't manipulate that. There's no special formula that you have to know to get that deep deposit. This deep deposit is done by God and with God's power. You can't do it. You can't do it. Okay? I mean, the whole of the Bible from the beginning, from the beginning, is telling us mankind that you need something much bigger than a new rebellious kick or something much bigger than another rule book. You need me. Amen? Amen. You need me. And when, while having me, I will give you a new heart. That's what the Old Testament would say, if I could put it like that. In the Old Testament, I want to give you a new heart. You know, when the heart has been recircumcised. But it's the new covenant. We just drank that cup early, first week of January. Remember, we drank the cup, we ate the bread. And he said, what? This is the cup of the new covenant in me. So you want a new heart, you've got to have me. In Christ, in me, is this new heart. New heart. That's the, the biblical mandate from the beginning. Old covenant new covenant there needs to be something deep profound significant spiritual something needs to change there for the third way to be possible and you can't do it you can't do it that's what we repented of when we took on the gospel we said lord i give up 
I've tried to be good. Or I've, I've tried to be bad. I've tried, I've, all my good things I can't keep up. All my bad things just get worse. I need you, I give up everything. All my, my badness and all my goodness I give up. I'm trusting in you alone to come and do this profound change. So, what is our Christian motto? It makes us so unique to every other religion in the world. No blood, no transformation. Correct. Because it's the blood of the new covenant that changes. No blood, no transformation. No cross, no new life. No new life. No transformation, no change. No change. That's the bottom line. So we know that that is a work of God and it's going to only take God to do that massive work. So understand this, 2023 is not going to bring about any new positive economy to your life if it's you taking on a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of church to your life. Friends, it's not just a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of church that you're going to pack into your program which will make life better for you. No, you need Jesus, Clark. And he needs all of you. All of you. Right. That's what biblical Christianity will tell you. You need something so radical, it only God can do it. Only God can do it. And by the grace of God, he has done it. Okay. So with this Jesus there, how do we walk in this new way? How do we obey How do we obey? And I want to kick off by saying to you, this is the thrust of today, that friends, you are more equipped to obey than you think. And if you know, then it's good to renew your mind on how well stocked you are to comply to this new deposit that's been given to us, this transformation, this new man. You have been given so much to walk this way, this third way. Often we focus on what we don't have. You know, I know I won't ask, but how many of you wanted to start running this year? Okay, you got the tackies for Christmas. Okay, you got the spandex for New Year. Okay, now you get on the road and what hits you? A thousand reasons why you should not be running. And while you're running your first kilometer, you got a thousand voices telling you why you can't do this. <laughs> okay, and Christianity is much, it's like that sometimes we think, what, what good is this? What is this going to bring about? Can I even do this? Friends, you are more than equipped to walk this path. And I want to show that to you briefly. I promise briefly through the passage that we have today. So if you have your Bibles, uh, I made reference to it at the top line, but I'm going to read the context of Ephesians chapter uh, 4. Here are the words, and then we'll focus on a few things and unpack it. But here we go. Ephesians 4, 17 to 25. We will be getting back into our Ephesians series soon, but uh, this is a good appetizer for what's coming. All right. Ephesians 4.17 says, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. 
you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Verse 25, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Okay. So, Pastor, how exactly have I been kitted for this life of obedience to this Jesus? When everything screams at me, I can't. I can't or I won't. Okay? The first principle is this, and it's in your verses on your notes. You, here's Paul speaking to the Ephesians, and he's saying to them, you were taught. Okay, now he's, this is four years later. He's going back four years. He says, four years ago, you were taught what? With regard to your former way of life, which was either rebelliousness or religion. Okay, what were you to do with that former way of life? You were to, comma, to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. We would call that repentance. Okay? That's what I taught you four years ago. You were to turn from that, whether it's rebellion or religion, you were to turn from that, put that off that old self, corrupted by deceitful desires, repentance. And, comma, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Faith. I taught you faith. And to put faith into what? To put on the new self, created to be like God, in true righteousness and holiness. So I taught you, when I came and spoke about the cross of Jesus Christ, when I came with the gospel, it taught you, repent and to have faith. And when you repented and had faith, something happened. Actually, before you even repented and had faith, you were given a new identity. God came and gave you a new identity. Okay? An entirely new identity. It says put off the old self, doesn't it? And put on the new self. It doesn't say put on the new body part. Or, or let go of the old body part and take on the new body part. It says let go of the old self, everything you are, and take on a whole new self. There's been an identity exchange that's happened. Okay. I taught you. This is before Paul tells them any command on what to do. So friends, before 2023 gets too far ahead of itself, before we take one more step in obedience, we have to ask the question, have we had this identity exchange happen to us? How do you know you've had this identity exchange? The old is gone and the new has come on. Have you repented and have you believed in this Christ? Because in that Christ, in union with that Christ, the identity exchanges. Remember we said, we can't do it. It's of God. God does it. God brings the identity, the one we need to walk a line of obedience, to have this new life and a positive spiritual economy uh, this year. Who's going to do that? God alone is going to do that. He's going to bring it to you in a gift. And we've got to ask yourself the question, before you even get into the commands, the do's and the don'ts, and how are you going to walk this line? You've got to ask yourself, have you met with 
God. And specifically, have you met personally with the Lord Jesus Christ and repented of whatever path you were on? Turned from it. You've given up that philosophy. You've given up that religion. You've given up that whatever it was. Some positive thought. Whatever you thought you would tell God one day to get you to heaven, you've let that go and all the badness. And you've taken on this one, this Christ, Jesus. You are trusting in Him. How do I know this identity exchange has taken place just with a few words? Well, in Romans chapter 6 is where I'll be now. Romans chapter 6, Paul talks about this new self and the old self. And what, how Jesus brings this about. And it's in your notes. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. I'll tell you why this is so important now. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live in a new life. Can you see the union? In Christ we did what? We died and in Christ we will live. Right, just as He died and He lived. Verse 5, For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we will certainly also be united with Him in a resurrection like His. For we know that our old self was crucified with Him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, He cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over Him. The death He died, He died to sin once and for all, but the life He lives, He lives to God. And in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. You see the union language? How is it that this identity changes? Because it's all in Christ. In Christ you repented, in Christ you took faith. And if you've repented and had faith in Christ Jesus, you've had an identity exchange. That's what you've had. He's provided it. God accomplished it. That's why Paul says in other uh, letters, I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The flesh I now live in the, 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 sorry, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith by the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. creature. The old things passed away, but behold, new things have come. Amen? Ephesians 2 verse 4. But because of His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raises us up with Christ and seats us with Him. So this uniting in Christ, who does it? God does it. This new identity, who gives it to you? God gives it to you. Okay. This whole work is a work of God. And because it's a work of God, friends, you can do it. Amen? Amen. All right. That's what you tell yourself. 
Whatever He's calling you to do, whatever He's calling you to, to, to leave, whatever He's taking, calling you to take hold of, you can do it because He has given you a new identity. He's given it. And He did it. Listen to John Stott. I'm quoting from him. In all this teaching, the divine and the human are beautifully blended. In the command to exchange the old humanity for a new one, Paul is not implying that we can bring about our own new birth. Nobody has ever given birth to himself. That's a, that concept is ludicrous. No. The new humanity we assume is God's creation, not ours. Nevertheless, when God recreates us in Christ according to His own likeness, we entirely concur with what He has done. We put off our old life, turning away from its distaste, and we put on the new life, embracing it and welcoming it with joy. In one word, recreation is what God does, and repentance is what we do by grace. They both belong together and cannot be separated. And this the Ephesians and all the Asian Christians had been thoroughly grounded in the nature and consequences of their new creation and new life. It was part of the truth in Jesus that they had learned. And they had learned to put off the old and put on the new. They had done it. The reality took place in conversion. And Paul reminds them that that was done. It's not a process. You did it. Your identity exchange is not a process. It's done. You repented and you believed and you are equipped. And then he starts outlaying the commands. Parents, children, slaves, masters, all those commands, which we'll get to in the weeks to come. So we have been thoroughly equipped to obey because of the identity exchange. That deep, radical, spiritual transformation has taken place. Without that, without that, any obedience, any conformity, any moral life, any goodness will be rejected by God because it's not His creation. You need that transformation. And then no matter what degree of obedience, or what degree of morality, or no matter what degree of righteousness and good works, that will be accepted because it was created by Him. Amen? So it's critical we understand from the get-go that we need a God to do a mighty exchange of identity in us. And then proceed with a work of God. In fact, without the work of God, there is absolutely no hope of a relationship with God. Romans 8 verse 5. Okay. So we get that. Number two. These will be quicker. In your walk this year, you are not alone. You are not alone. Okay. I want to look at four things. Number one. I want to look at the first, the two bad guys. And there are two good guys. Okay. The two bad guys are this. Well, the one bad guy, he's dead already. Hallelujah. Okay? He's dead. The old man is dead. Say that to yourself. The old man is dead. Okay? The old man is dead. Who killed him? Jesus killed him. 
and he's been buried. What was the old man? Well, at the top of your notes there, that's how he's described. Write the first line. Put off the old self. What was he like? Common. Which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. So this old man had one intention, and that was to crave deceit. To crave deceit. His passion was deceit. That's everything that he was about. Friends, that's all that you were apart from God. The old man before Jesus Christ might have looked good in the mirror, but before God it stank. Okay? Because it was full of corruptible desires. That was the motive. It's your life apart from the grace of God, apart from the power of God, the love of God, the forgiveness of God, and the mercy of God. And that life is just rebellion. Just rebellion. And you, when you responded to the gospel, you put off that old self. How did you do that? Because in Christ, it was killed. In Christ, it was buried and put away. And so that identity no longer functions in you. It's gone. Tell yourself that. The old man is gone. He's gone. Amen? Now, with the old man gone, I'm more free to live for God. I'm more free to obey for God. And to reap the rewards and righteousness because he is dead. Friends, he was so bad. He was so bad, only God could do it. Only God could do it. Otherwise, there was no hope. If you were still connected to that old man, that old man was a chain and it was just going to take you to hell. You had to have that chain cut and only a God chain cutter could do it. And that old man is, is, is gone. All right. What's the second bad guy? The second bad guy is the flesh. Now... Now the flesh is its sinful desire. It continues. It still surfaces. It still wages war with you. Imagine what it was like when the old man and the flesh lived together. When all that old man wanted was conceit, ah, deception, and cravings of deceit. He would attach himself to the flesh and he would find feet to do whatever his goal was. He would find hands to do whatever his goal was. He would find a brain to think, attitudes, behaviors, patterns, choices, priorities. It was so easy because the flesh and the old man lived together. But in Christ, the old man is gone and the flesh is all on its own. All on its own, out in the dry sun of Durban. Not even grass survives in Durban. <laughs> in the dry side. Okay? We need this perspective. Because we think the flesh and the old man are always over us. It's not. The dead man is the old man is dead. In Christ Jesus. Amen. And now we have the flesh, but he's alone. He's isolated from his partner. Old man has lost his beauty. He's lost his beauty. Before Christ we were slaves to sin. Now we're no longer slaves to sin. Now we're slaves to God. Now we have the possibility for righteousness. Now we have the possibility of obedience. Now you have a possibility, the reality of a blessed life. Amen? Because the old man is gone in Christ Jesus.
Now the two good guys, what do you have? If the old man is dead, what were we given? A new man. Friends, think on this, meditate on this, preach this to yourself. You, in Christ Jesus alone, have a new woman. You have a new man. Okay? We had two bad guys, we're down to one. And I have one bad guy with an, a good guy, a new man. Created by God. A new identity which enables us to live for God. To be a slave for sin? No. To be a slave for righteousness. That is able to concur with the identity God has given them. This is the key for 2023. There was no obedience with the old man, but the old man is dead. And now there's, there's obedience. Now the truth is, we get tired. I don't know how long you've walked with God. You know the old man is dead. You still have the flesh. You have the new man. And it's war. And it's ongoing. And there's always fireworks. I hope there's fireworks. Or like my mother-in-law under chemotherapy. You can't drink coffee anymore. And when she smells coffee, she just wants to vomit. She has no more taste for it. And we're tired of vomiting because we don't have a taste for the world anymore. We're just tired. Friends, take hope. Take this. That. At least you're tired. Because before Jesus, you were dead. Hmm? Before Jesus Christ, you were dead. You had absolutely no hope. So what's better? I'd rather be tired than dead. Correct? All right, I'd, I'd rather persevere. I'd rather be patient. I'd rather keep walking than be dead. Correct? Oh, you guys don't. It's the heat. It's the heat. Okay. <laughs> You're not dead. You're just tired. And I'm almost done. All right. Come on, Pastor. All right. Two bad guys. One is dead. Only one left. Flesh. Only one. Maybe that perspective was enough for you today. Take that home and live. Okay? But with the flesh, you have two things. You have a new man. And you have the Holy Spirit in you. You have God in you. Amen? So who's outnumbered? The bad guy's outnumbered. Because you have the new man and you have the Holy Ghost. Did you forget? Are you tired? We forget. That's what we have. I won't read the references. You can look at them up when you get home. We've got a new coach. And the coach has kitted us with a new crew. And new team, like Amazulu, they're doing so well now. Okay. So what happens when we do disobey? Because we do. I've outlined a few things thanks to C. Cranfield. Those are his notes. I've just copied and pasted them there. They are good food for thought for us. What can I say about my disobedience? This is what you are allowed to say. Because it happens. Okay. Maybe it happened because, number one, you forgot... Your new identity. Maybe you never knew you had an, a new identity. That's the problem with baptizing babies. That's why we don't baptize babies. You baptize a baby, they grow up thinking, I just follow the rules and I'm a Christian. No, friend. You put rules in front of a dead person, it is no hope. Okay? You, you baptize an adult that's chosen and believed and had an identity exchange and then immediately get baptized. That's another problem. Sometimes we wait too long before they get baptized. They think they have to be ready. No. 
Your baptism, it's happened. When you gave your life to Christ, a new identity exchange happened. You repented, you believed, you went under, you came up, clap, done, once off. Amen? Done. Jesus has given you and kitted you with that deep deposit. It's done. All right. Did you forget that maybe this obedience was all about you? It's not. Look at what God's given you. Okay. I had a breakdown in my mind being renewed. Okay. This happens. You want to forgo a lot of negative spiritual economy? Renew the mind. If you fail to renew the mind, you're not kitted when temptation comes. When temptation comes, you just fall. Okay? There was a breakdown in my mind being renewed. I allowed sin to momentarily reign in my body so that I would obey its, its lusts. You allowed sin to reign in your body. Friends, you are a new man. You're not a slave to sin anymore. You're a slave to righteousness. Now, what I want to focus on now is what I cannot say when I disobey. You must no longer say these things to yourself. Okay? Number one. When you fall, and when you're condemning yourself, or judging yourself, and walking through the shame or through the guilt, those might be true. But what is not true is that you are the same person that you were before your identity exchange. You are not that. You are not darkened in the fertility of your, thing, of your mind, and you are not darkened in your understanding. You are not that old man. The old man to new man is not a process. It was an event and it happened. It took place. So no matter how bad the day gets or how bad it is turned out to be, you are still not that old man. Amen? That old man is dead. So don't say that to yourself anymore. Number two, you, you cannot say to yourself now that I am excluded from the life of God. The old man was. When the old man and the flesh were together, there was no hope of a life with God. But in Christ Jesus and the union between His death and His resurrection, you now have life even on your worst day. On your worst day, you have life of God. You cannot say you have a similar ignorance to what you had before Christ. You cannot say that your heart is hard. Your heart is as hard as it was before Christ. Now, can our minds be deceived? Yes. Can our minds be a little bit darkened? Yes. Can I be ignorant of truth? Yes. Can my heart be hard? Yes, it can be all those things. But it's not dead. It's not dead. You are united with Christ. And being united in Christ, what Jesus kills is dead. The old man does not unbury himself. The slave of righteousness does not become a slave of sin again. You have a new master and a new man. So friends, what more can God do for you? You can walk this third path. You can, you can, you can, you can. Say it to yourself. I can. Can you do it? I can. What more can God do for you? He's cut the chain of the old man. He's given you a new man, and He's given you the Holy Ghost, and so many other things. What more can God do for you? You can walk. In fact, you can run. In fact, you can fly. So, how do we go forward? Very simple. Simple doesn't mean it's easy, but it's the way forward for us. Number one, we just have to renew the mind. 
We have to preach this to ourselves over and over. That's why we come to church. That's why we read our Bible, because we need this preached to ourselves. What do we preach to ourselves? Okay? Preach the gospel to ourselves. Let it grow big over your life, over everything. Let it shadow everything in your life this year. The gospel, the gospel, the gospel. It is a preventative for sin and it is a recovery from sin. Preach the gospel to yourself. What else do you preach to yourself? I was redeemed and forgiven through Christ's blood. I was redeemed and forgiven. That might keep you floating for this year. I was redeemed and forgiven. What else do you preach to yourself? I will not receive the wrath I deserve through my sin. Tell yourself that. You may feel you deserve the wrath, but you will not receive the wrath of God because in Christ Jesus you have been united to Him in His life and in His resurrection. So sin speaks, and sin speaks loudly, and sin speaks heavily, and sin speaks consequences and pain and regret. But Christian, the blood of Jesus speaks louder. Amen? Louder. Much louder. Longer. It speaks longer. It speaks more convincingly. It's more powerful. There's some other things you could tell yourself, not to tell you, to tell yourself there. But what we're saying basically is that with this new identity, old man is gone. Praise the Lord. The new man is with me. The Holy Spirit is with me. I preach this to myself. Now you are equipped to trust and obey. How's that song go? Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy. I want you happy this year. I want to be happy. I want to be happy like that guy that caught the ball with one hand. Did you see the joy in that guy's face? We got, we got joy better than one ball. Amen? We've got Jesus and a new man. But I want His joy. And that's trusting and obeying. You can, you can, you can. God has killed the old man. He has put a new man. He has given you the Holy Spirit. And that is enough. But no, pastor, but pastor, no. No, no buts. No buts. You can stop the sin and you can trust in God. And as you renew yourself, maybe this year you need to talk to someone. Maybe you know this. You know this. But 2023 will be the year that you spoke about it to someone that you trust. And got accountability. And if you are holding someone accountable, friends, just remind them of point number one. Are they speaking to themselves the right things? That's the first thing we must be accountable to. What are you telling yourself? And here are some things to tell yourself. Let's close with this scripture. 
and go have a drink. Okay. Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's our hope, everybody. The pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It cost him, yes, but it ends well. It ends well. Let's pray.